I'd like to thank our friends at Sardine for making today's episode possible. They have over 4,000 signals from device, email intelligence, telco data, and AML monitoring. The Fraud Squad is here to help you make the right decisions. They're shipping new features weekly to help the fight, and they are never afraid to jump right in there with you and make sure you have the rules and models you need. The best way to learn more about Sardine is live, and that is why they are hosting Fraud Squad meetups in Palm Springs, Charlotte, and San Francisco. Visit their site at www.sardine.ai or join their newsletter to learn more about those. For those of us on the conference circuit this season, be sure to check them out at these shows. And of course, visit them at booth 210 at the MRC Las Vegas. It's good to have a fraud squad behind you, and with Sardine, you get the best fraud squad around. Visit them at www.sardine.ai today. Now let's get to the episode. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Fraud Boxer. I got Justin Song back from Off Signal today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, it's been a busy year and it's great to have a bit of a break from vacation and we're ready to rock 2024. Yeah, we are back in the new year and super happy to have you back. It's been, geez, coming up on a year since you were on. And originally we had talked about um, 2FA and your guys' offering for 2FA. But like you said, it's been a busy year. And a lot has changed. And I have brought you here today to talk again about your guys' product, but more about your product um, as re- relates to pass keys. And I had an episode about pass keys a, a little while back. But uh, like I said, since then, the world has changed. And Google has launched uh, basically forced pass keys on everybody. And I think a lot of people had never heard of a pass key or knew what a pass key was. We knew what like face ID was, touch ID was, but there's a whole world of pass keys, and I'd love to talk about you guys and what pass keys are, if you could. Yeah, totally love to share. Uh, look, 2023 is the breakout year for pass keys. You know, at the when we first uh, connected last year, and I was on last on on the podcast, it was just um, starting to be rolled out. You know, uh, only until Google flipped the switch on, uh, it has a really broken out into the mainstream. And I'm glad to say that after Google's done that, thanks Google, uh, there are about 7 billion accounts that have pass keys as an option to be enabled on your account. 7 billion? Yeah, that's right. Accounts. So, um, so until Google switched it on, there was, I guess, just a small number of accounts that were enabled for pass keys. Soon as they did it, you have an explosion of enabled accounts. So enabling, yeah, just to get into the definitions, and enablement means the account's ready to be onboarded with a passkey. Uh, the trick is, you know, up to us folk and us in the industry is to educate our customers to, to opt in. Um, so that, that's the fun kind of, ex, you know, last, last year and it's such a great achievement for the passkey uh, movement. So I think let's, if we could, like for a lot of people, like I think their, their first foray into what is known as a passkey is let's say you're signing into your banking app and you sign in the first time you put your email and you put your password in, and then it says, would you like to enable face ID or would you like to enable touch ID, which I thought touch ID was more fun than the uh, face ID personally. Uh, but it is what it is. And then next time you sign in, you don't have to do it. And that's kind of like essentially a form of a passkey, is it not? Yes. Yeah. So 
there are, the, the way passkeys have evolved in the last year is to one, make it super convenient for you to move from device to device. So there's something called a synchronization or synced passkey. Um, and I don't know if you recall about when you bought a new iPad or an iPhone and you have to kind of register your touch ID over and over again. They've completely solved that problem by making it synced across all your devices. So you can hop on from your mobile phone uh, to your laptop without needing to re-register your touch ID. So that's one of the big improvements in Passkeys. That's what I think is has been super cool, especially for me. Like I, I'm just going to go back through the story of like the Google thing when I did it, because I run three different Google accounts. I obviously have my fraud boxer uh, Google account. I have my personal email, which is just like where I pay my bills on. And then I have like my, my business like for my day job, uh, iHerb situation. And there are, I need to be able to, to swap between those and across like my personal computer, because obviously my fraud boxer business gets handled on its own machine versus my, my day job, iHerb computer. But it's really nice to be able to synchronize, like you said, those login experiences across. So I can just, I can literally grab the other laptop, open it up, click on it, put my finger on there and I'm in and, and moving on in the world. And I think that that's so cool, especially even when it comes down to mobile, I think, especially for SSO sign-ons, uh, for moving from a, a desktop experience where it's like a little easier to have to type on an SSO versus going into your mobile device where you have to then redirect, do your 2FAs and all those sorts of things can be kind of a cumbersome process. And when it's handled through a pass key, it's just so much easier. And one of the things that I, for me personally, and I don't know how the rest of the world is really doing it, but when I am have a passkey option, my initial actual password that I start with is a way more complex password than, because I know I'm never going to have to enter it again. Like it's not yeah. going to be something that I'm going to have to do. It's going to be then bound to me. So my password security actually gets stronger uh, when there's a passkey enabled. So for, for me, so I don't know what your thoughts are on all of that there. So the great thing is passkeys actually build on the foundation to move to a passwordless future. So the end game here is to remove the password bug. That's, uh, that's and, what I would like. like. You yeah, like you mentioned, you could you could put a password that is highly complex and still be able to get into your account with a passkey because passkeys also have your username baked in, right? So okay. how it works is with these new passkey advancements, and one of them is autocomplete or autofill. Is, is some, you know, in some places, they call it you know, different names. You literally just have to touch a button that says, log me in, and it will know that, hey, is this, you know, do you want to get me logged into your Jordan's work account or your personal account? It will give you the option. And you go, hey, look, I'm, I'm going to go with my work account. And then you just have to do your touch ID, your face ID, and you're in. So yeah, go ahead. Go put in a complex password because uh, the best implementations for passkeys these days, it makes the password completely redundant. And that's what like, I think, you know, you look at like what's happening, especially over here in the US, like we just had Comcast compromise where all the usernames and passwords are gone. And that's 45 million, you know? And like I, I, I mentioned that on another episode, but like, that is massive. If you look back at like when Target, which was the first, I think, major breach that really made people like aware that breaches are a thing and, and what they do, uh, Target was, I think, 35 million. So it was significantly less than what this, this Comcast one is. And all of these things, like when we see 
and hear about these breaches, we start to see login attempts at ATOs on our sites. And that wouldn't necessarily be a thing if it was a passkey. So like you said, it was the username was bound inside the passkey instead, and it was bound to my actual biometric like fingerprint or face match, which I think is is pretty cool at the end of the day. I think one of those, like, and we could talk about, I've, I've talked about it in the past, but I think it, it's going to go a long ways when there's these biometric authentications on doing like identity verifications outside of just like login authentications, but doing authentications for liability shifts around like money transfers, those sorts of things. If, if a bank can have certainty that that exact, that is 100% the exact user, there's beyond the shadow of a doubt, they could, especially as banking becomes more like who's going to have a liability on like on our RTP, real-time payments, faster payments, like where is that liability going to lie? And some of it's going to be on the bank, some of it's going to be on the receiving bank, some of it's going to be on the issuing bank. Like the, if they could have absolute certainty on that, they would not have any, any requirement to slow down these faster payments if it's 100% going to be known that that was 100% that person that was actually making that transaction. So, yeah. And that... I, I believe that this is the biggest challenge for the next decade. You know, a lot of people talk about AI and generative uh, AI and how that's going to you know, impact ethics and all that kind of stuff. Well, the real impact in layman's terms is how do I trust someone on the other side of a transaction? Uh, I mean, just this week, uh, you know, we've got, you know, a, a kind of an account takeover where um, on X, where you know the SEC's account was taken over, and oh yeah, and a tweet Bitcoin. was yeah you know, got put out. Yeah, and then and then it went you know Bitcoin went to the moon straight after that. I mean, economies are completely built on trust, and and as as we can't trust a tweet, if we can't trust a transaction, you know how do we operate as humans? And yeah, you know, I think so. That this is this is a fundamental, I guess, existential threat to our digital lives really that's a really good point because like you know like the point i mean obviously it got a little convoluted when they was selling them but like the the check marks that was buzzing on instagram and on x and all that was supposed to be like this it's the validation it's the truth that this is coming from that person like they said it with their own mouth and you know if the sec has one has a check mark and then it tweets out hey buy this bitcoin etf today i mean most people like that's the trust. That is the trust. That's the validation is that check mark, you know? And I think on the back end, you know, like basically these would be like a, like check marks as well, you know? And I think like some of the stuff has been like, I think Google did it in a really harsh way. And like, and you guys have a couple of stories that I'd love to talk about too, um, yeah. about how, how you do it. Cause Google basically was like, you're, we're opting everybody in period. And I yeah. think that a lot of websites are, that's where like if they have an interest, if they're past key curious, they it's how do they do it? And that's where you guys come in and we'll definitely talk about your guys' offering in there. But if you have 100 million users that are all have an account with a username and a password, how do you get them? Because you could say it's an option. Like, And then you're probably gonna have a pretty low adoption. You're gonna have like more tech savvy consumers like myself that will be opting in automatically because we, we just like it. But then you'll have your casual customers that come you see once or twice a year, you know, maybe a little bit older consumer, and they're not going to even know what that means. They're not going to want to change how they normally do. They have their password saved or it's written down next to the phone on the wall, and that's how they get in. But asking people to opt in isn't, isn't always the best way. They, they think that obviously the best way, best way is you never start with passwords. Like you'd never even offer someone to have a password to begin with. So like it's never existed on your site. So all of your users have to opt in 
to Opacity. I think that, um, you know, some, some of the ways that like Slack has people log in is, is kind of a way that but there's not really a password on that. But, you know, usually only newer sites can be the ones that can really force people into a, a passkey. So the other way is the, the knee-jerk reaction of tomorrow we're turning on passkeys for everybody, whether you like it or not, figure it out. You know, And for companies that like are really have razor-thin margins and stuff like that or have competition that could be a little more concerning to how they wind up adopting that technology. But with you guys, let's talk about a couple of stories about how like some of you guys have helped. Now, you guys... I'd love if you could tell me how you guys can enable passkeys for like a website like mine, for example. Like if I wanted to, to start passkeys, I don't want to build it myself. How could you help me with that? And then for the companies that you have helped with that, how has it worked out for them? How did they approach it? What did they do? And what were the results? Could you run me through all that? Yeah, totally. Our big thing is if, she, if we make it too hard to adopt passkeys into your system, then the, the technology has failed. It needs to be super simple to plug into what you have. Um, look, we've had the internet for, I don't know how long now, 30 odd years, uh, you know, since the 1990s. And there is a whole lot of technologies and architectures and stacks and legacy code out there. And the biggest problem with a lot of new technologies and new, new user experiences is you got to have the latest shiny kit, and you just mentioned, you know, um, only new websites seem to be able to adopt uh, new user experiences. Yeah. Now, we, we, we changed the game by going, keep what you have. All the 20 years that you've built up for your customer base of, of how you do things, we don't want to throw that away. We want to build and iterate on that. So with our product and also go, we drop it, you know, we plug it. That's a big thing for us. Um, don't, it's not a scary, big digital project that's going to take five years and never complete. It can take months, if not weeks. Uh, we've got a full suite of no-code drop-in solutions that require just a developer, just one developer and a bit of your time to plug us into your system. And you've got passkeys enabled. And we've been able to, um, you know, one of our customers is a major airline and, you know, they're... Um, uh, Air New Zealand, the first airline in the world to offer passkeys. And they had a big, ambitious target. You know, they, they came to us and they said, hey, look, we want to go full passwordless. You know, by the end of the year, you know, our wow. North Star metric is we want to switch it on. And if you look at organizations and you go, oh, look, only, only a big organization like Google can do that. You know, maybe they're a Silicon Valley company and they've got the resources and everybody needs their that. email, so kind of don't have a yeah. choice. Like you need to get into your email. <laughs> yeah, and Air New Zealand, they went, "Hey, look, how do we, how we strategize, how we break down a problem?" And we help them with that. And one of the biggest things, and I think uh, that really helped them was that they, they kind of they they took a very optimistic approach to their users. Uh, and said, actually, we know that our users are savvy enough to adopt multi-factor authentication. Uh, we're not going to take the negative assumption that they wouldn't be able to do this and, you know, we wouldn't be able to push this out. They went optimistic and then worked their way from there to figure out the edge cases for folks that, you know, don't have a, a latest smartphone or uh, yeah. that kind of deal. So that's, that's how they started it. 
And then they went, okay, look, if we introduce MFA and mandate MFA, that gives us passwordless options, like the traditional ones, like email magic click. And these are ones that we offer out of the box, right? So we acknowledge that it's a transition. You don't just switch to pass keys overnight. You need to be able to transition your security um, layer by layer. And we do that. We drop in. We help at least bring up the security of your consumers uh, iteratively. And then when you're ready, you can go, hey, look, let's turn on pass keys. And what we've seen is users being able to MFA on one type of factor, so like an magic link. And we've got consumer-tuned user experiences that go, hey, look, you're ready for a pass key. You know? You've got the smartphone, you, you're, you're super confident with the MFA process. Let's turn it on for you. And they've seamlessly just enrolled into a passkey and then every subsequent login is a passkey login. So they, they, you know, we, we launched this for them and they're now full password. They've gone, they just take, took their razor and just wipe, wipe the password box from their login form. And they're just seeing some incredible results and, uh, you know, full testament to the team at Air New Zealand. One, trusting their customers that they can, they can yeah. adopt these new technologies, but also going, how do we do that in a layered approach? I think that was pretty big for them. Yeah. And I think like, you know, while you were saying that, it, you, you answered some of the questions that I had is like, what happens if some of the users, especially on an airline, you know, like the, you, it's a really broad spectrum of consumer, you know, like the, you have older folks, you have younger folks, you have hard of hearing folks, ADA folks, like whatever it may be, you guys don't have ADA there, but, <laughs> but the, um, like, what do you do? And I think like you answered a lot of it is like the password, like the, the magic links, you know, which is like what Slack does for everybody. And that's really cool that like you guys have that. And I mean, I guess you kind of obviously have to do that. Otherwise, like you're not going to be able to cut over. Um, so some of the questions that I have is, I, I think we, we talked about this a little bit on the uh, MFA episode is like, you guys kind of drop in more on a CDN level, right? Like, so I could, in theory, put this prompt and this authentication anywhere on the site, right? It, like, Literally anywhere. Um, so we're we're pretty agnostic of uh, the tech stack. You know, if you, if you can, yeah, if you can, if you've got the resources and you, you have access to your code base, that, that's a, always an ideal place to, to develop and, and, and drop us in. But if you, if you don't have access to that and you maybe have a legacy stack and the CDN is all you have, then that's also a perfect place to drop us in. We're seeing our APIs being dropped into some really awesome use cases, uh, things like call centers yeah. and IVRs. Um, you know, we're, we're empowering, you know, calls every single day that get authenticated using passkeys. Can we drill into yeah. that one a little bit? Because like when we were on the prep for the show, um, that was something that blew my mind actually, because when, when it came up, like I think it probably a lot of people are probably thinking about this too, is like, how can, how can you use a passkey in a call center? Like I'm making a phone call. So how is that going to work? It's like the first thing my mind went to it. And now I've seen you guys do this. So I've seen it work in action. But I would love for you to describe how you guys do that to my listeners, because I think it's really cool. And I think, and then tell me some of the results, like the before and the after, if you could, because obviously people coming into pass keys on the websites are one thing, like you can force somebody into that, but in a, in a, 
weakest link, and this is where it blows my mind, is because this could help out with like romance scams. This could help out with ransomware stuff. All of these things where like the human is always the weakest link. But you guys seem to have found a way to biometrically authenticate that person and not using a voice print like everybody else is doing it. So tell me all about that one. Yeah, and, and just to let you know, voice um, MSA or voice biometrics is now proven to be crackable using generative AI. So um, you can kiss goodbye to the authentication factor that the bad actors and the criminals have figured it out already. The biggest thing, the biggest quality and feature of a passkey that, that makes it a game-changing authentication factor for call center is it's unfishable. Right. And the way we do it is when you ring up to a call center, there is a prompt that will say, type in your use, you know, key in your, um, your account number. And it does a, a link that, oh, okay, look, you're trying to authenticate as Jordan or, uh, your account, or that can be derived from your, the call, you know, the phone number that you're calling from. Right. So that's, you can consider that one fact. What we do is we have a plugin that plugs into your call center and sends out a email or a text message through an approved channel with a link for you to complete a passkey challenge. Now, because passkeys can only work on the device that you own it's using bound. a magic link, it's bound and, and you can trust that only that person with the device can authenticate using that link. So, um, you know, we see that as a great step, not only in uh, the user experience, but the security uh, is is really bulletproof. Um, you know, knowledge-based questions, voice biometrics, they, you can crack them now. Uh, the, the quality, unfishable nature of passkeys and the way it, you, you can now just send these challenges on any medium uh, whether email, SMS, and the user can just That's touch ID and they're in. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's really cool that we're seeing more customers adopt uh, this use case. And, uh, you know, we've got the plugins again. <laughs> you don't have to reinvent your, your call center. Yeah, we just plug it. Yeah, I think that like for me, you know, we see this is I've been talking about the traditional way that you integrate products these days has always been, you know, like, you find out where you want to put it, and then you build an API call. So when you're going through the service, it calls out an API, returns a response, and then it either moves on or ends the session or whatever it may be. And the the historical, like that's worked great for us for a very long time in this world. And now in like multiple channels and those sorts of things, there's multiple places people can log in. There's multiple places people can check out. There's multiple things that you can interact with the site. And in order to do a successful implementation, you see like people build like little widgets that like might be like the login widget and then it automatically goes to that flow or something like that. But if someone spins up something and they don't adhere to your normal guidelines and they deploy it and you didn't get done, in order to get that whole fixed, you have to go through a regular development cycle. And some of the stuff with, with, I think, in my opinion, going forward into the future of the world, the more, more stuff's going to wind up going through a CDN level situation because you can't, like, there's no way that a, you can get to a website without going through the CDN, essentially. Like, you have to go through that CDN. So every single session, you can't, you can't skip it. You can't go around it. Every single session has to go through that. And the benefit of that is because you see all the traffic, 
you can put your tools, kind of think of them as like plugins, like you get in like Shopify or like a WordPress thing. You can put those anywhere. You could say at this path, these we can see this user is going to this path. Here it is. When they get there, challenge them this. And then if they get a yes, no response from you as a service provider, then continue on or kill the session there. And it doesn't matter like who's developing what on the other end when they make all sorts of fun new toys. It can be secured in seconds. So I think that like people need to really be aware. And I think a lot of a lot of sites are doing it. A lot of a lot of a lot of service providers are doing it. But like you have to get on this CDN level integration. Otherwise, you're going to fall behind. You're going to get people that are going to be finding ways around things. And you just can't beat it when it's at the CDN. And then what better way to not beat it when it's an actual biometric authentication? But I mean, do right. you have opinions about that? Like, yeah. Yeah. So we have to. Maybe 10 years ago, there was merit in friction and the, the kind of arguments around friction and, and all, you know, that's going to make our good users get frustrated. But with passkeys, that argument just fades away. The data that we're seeing is the abandonment for passkeys slashes by half compared to other authentication factors, especially Username and password. I mean, yeah. Who remembers their password? I uh, I quit a lot. Complex. If I get like yeah. my, you forgot your password. It's not mission critical. I'm out. Like I'm completely bailing out. Like I'm I'm not sitting there going through the process, especially like if it's like a more casual website where I'm not. I don't need to buy that product or something like that. Like if it if it's difficult, I'm bailing. But I will say, like I've been on my show talking a lot about this, like, what we call expected friction. So there's certain places where a user would expect friction. Like right now. I would say that logging in is a place that we would expect some sort of friction, whether that be a quick face scan, quick thumbprint, or a quick um, like log username and password in the classic sense of the way. So that is one place that like you can you can experiment a little more with having friction. But in friction in the sense of the word is having a passkey authentication situation there. Does that make sense? Yeah. And maybe we need to drop friction altogether in our <laughs> language because it's not That's friction. Conversion rates are going up. Fraud is going down and users are not churning out. So, uh, that's not the definition of friction in my opinion. Uh, yeah. and I think it, um, change, you know, in, yeah, in, in this industry, you know, let's actually look at how, where the world's moving and, you know, if you can improve the, the conversion rate for your business and drop fraud, that's the Nirvana state, right? Yeah. And that's, that's like, that's where I think like, I've always been saying like, well, I think the, the super sweet spot, the Nirvana state of passkeys is going to be when the user is finally authenticated and it becomes, it comes coupled with some sort of liability shift. So like what I would love to have happen is if a user is authenticated and their banking account is authenticated during the checkout process, kind of like a, a 3D secure on steroids where there is no no way that they could ever make a fraud claim, even to the bank, like even like yeah. an issuer bearing responsibility. Like there is no way if you authenticated in your bank and you're you're logged into this website using a passkey authentication biometric, like you, fraud claims are off the table completely. Yeah. <laughs> like they're just they don't exist anymore. So bye bye friendly fraud, which has massively increased over the last like 24 months. Like we're talking, it's more than 25 percent. I think it's like 22 percent was the conservative estimate, it might even be higher now, but I would say it's up in the, in the mid thirties is where we're seeing friendly fraud. And if we could eliminate that for consumers, I think people will really think twice about what they're up to, you know? Yeah, so the good news is there's some new um, initiatives on the horizon. 
uh, that is going to address those things that you've just raised. So schemes are working on something. Uh, they're just, you know, working through all the, the specifications of how you might be able to tie a passkey in with a credit card transaction. Um, but there are some really exciting things that Google are working on. Uh, there's a, you know, I'm going to throw an acronym out, SPC, Secure Payment Confirmation, is where a passkey could hold your credit card information on the device and mm -hmm. you're able to pay directly from your passkey. Um, so there's some really exciting new technologies where we're right on top of the, the ecosystem and we're contributing to the conversations. Um, so look, the passkey conversation doesn't stop uh, just in logging in. <laughs> there are yeah. really some exciting use cases that just, you know, good folks around the world are working on to enable payments effectively. I think that that's, that's a good point is like, it's one of the reasons why I was really excited to have you on here is like, especially even like, I think for me, like the big aha moment that I had with you guys was when you were like the call center authentication, like that is so like, I just keep coming back to that because I think that that, like when I saw it in action, everybody like call these guys and get a demo because it was so smooth and so cool on like, I've always only thought of pass keys in two spots, login and authentication, like during a payment, like a checkout thing. But doing authentication, like straight up identity, identity verification on the phone through a whole different thing is like just, there's so many places that pass keys can be done. You do a pass key on your house to get in, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, there's so many cool things you could do with pass keys. I like how you brought up the check mark, right? Like, uh, you know, we've got check mark on, check mark on accounts, but we really want to check mark on everything we do <laughs> in the next yeah. decade. Uh, you know, if I spin up a conversation with you or a chat conversation. I want to know that I'm talking with Jordan and not a ritual AI. No more getting catfished, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that like too, you know, the it's it's a real good way to be like not just doing like the, that that person is that person like when you're you're looking at like a check mark and authentication right there, but like in all areas like we could increase like there's such a focus on privacy and data sharing. And you don't have to share, like so much of our authentication has been through like these IDVs where you got to hold up your driver's license, you got to do whatever, or you got to, there's a passive one where we're like checking information using like some of the ID verification services to say, does this person really have this IP address, live at this address, do they really do that? You wouldn't need to do any of that or share private information anymore if you could authenticate with a passkey. Like this person, yes, it's them. Yes, we, we know like it, it really is them, but we didn't need to see any other information, nothing else about them. We just needed to see their identity check mark essentially from this provider and that we're doing it on our, like just like how we do tokenization on credit cards now, like we don't need to see the credit card number. We just need to see that token at the end of the day and we know it's that, that right credit card. We could do that with an identity and you, you can do that with an identity and it's how we get to a passwordless future and a more private and secure future. What do you think about that? Well, and you've summed up, I think, what very, a lot of people try very hard to explain uh, these new sets of technologies. <laughs> yeah, you summed it up perfectly. And the way I simplify it is even further is, you know, in our last conversation, we talked about how this notion of a secret code between two people and me saying open sesame and, and the door is open. We've been doing this since the dawn of time. And 
how do I exchange information without really giving everything away yeah. is kind of new explosion of next gen technologies. And, you know, if you look up decentralized uh, identity, if you type that into Google, you'll kind of dive into the technical details. But we're seeing a whole new world of being able to exchange things without me ever telling you what the secret passphrase is. And effectively, that's what a pass key is. That's such a cool way to put it. You know, I like the, uh, the open sesame, but, you know, it's basically they just open, they see to you, they recognize you to you, but they've never seen you before, you know, and they, yeah. they know, they know you you're, you're, you're good to go. You're good to pass. Yeah. Like, come on in. Yeah. yeah. That's, and I'm excited for that. I'm excited for that world because, um, and, and it actually, I think you touch on a great point. It preserves privacy. It, it allows you to, as a citizen, and, and this is big, it's a big deal, right? Like, you know, am I being tracked? Am I not? Are you asking, why, why do you need this information from me? These technologies actually facilitate more private citizenship, you know, as opposed to trying to check everyone. So how about that, everybody? You get more privacy, more security, and you can log in easier and better authentication. Like everybody needs to use passkeys. Everybody <laughs> needs to get on passkeys. Like if your website's it, not please. using passkeys, do it, everybody. Call these guys, get it on there because I think passkeys are the coolest damn thing that's come out in 10 years. Like that's, I, I know I keep saying that on my show, but people keep blowing my mind with technology all the time. And I think passkeys are just really, really, really the future. It's the most underrated shift in consumer security that no one knows about, but that, but that everyone has, right? So that's yeah. the kind of the most exciting thing. I will say that like Apple's done a very good job of like forcing people into new technologies without them realizing what they're really signing up for. And then when they encounter that similar technology elsewhere, they're like, oh, that's kind of like that. And that's why like I always have to say like, especially, I mean, here in the US, uh, iPhones are, Way more popular, but if you go to other countries, you know iPhones aren't as popular here. But like er, er, iPhones are everywhere. There are iPhones big in New Zealand. Yeah, iPhones. Everyone loves Apple. So globally, uh, they still have a great market share. But look, Google are matching Apple. You know they're they're yeah. investing a lot in the passkeys, and you're going to see a lot from Google this year. I think that like it's like I you know I've always been I've always self hosted my email servers for like really like for over ten years and. This last year, when I really started pushing the podcast stuff pretty hard, uh, was when I finally was like, I gave in and went to Google to see like what what it would be like. And now, like, I don't want to be a shill for Google, but like their collaboration tools, like the the how like we, even the documents that we work on for these when we do these episodes, and like their Google Drive and how I can share stuff in between everything and it's so easy to do has been great. And now that I can just like blow in through like pass keys has been so cool like i and it works even more so my apple devices which is thankfully like they've they've been able to do that but i will say like i i really like that google has built technologies like these that like i'm excited to see i know they they get shit for abandoning their uh like their projects i saw today they just laid off a thousand people and a lot of them were on the uh google home stuff which this is a google home that i have here all my automation is all done at google home i hope that that sticks around but i will say like for the, the core products that people really use, it's like I, it's changed my life. And I hope that they continue to change my life. <laughs> well, well, the good thing about passkeys, it's part of a wider uh, ecosystem. And I'll, I'll do a plug for the FIDO Alliance. Uh, we're members of the FIDO Alliance. 
Apple, Google, our members, and everyone's contributing all the insights and learnings from past years and iterating very, very quickly. Uh, every year we have a few conferences and last year we had it just not far from you and Carlsberg. Yeah, we tried to go have dinner, but uh, I had been out of office too much that week and I was going to get in trouble. <laughs> yeah. And there is a bunch of folks that are so passionate about passkeys working daily, constantly trying to make that experience even better. And I guess that's why, you know, the technology is not just owned by one company. There's a whole bunch of organizations contributing to it, which makes it just such an exciting project to be a part of. That's excellent. And uh, yeah, I, I do apologize. I wish I could have gone and had dinner with you guys because you guys were very close. Uh, so I rain check. I will make it up to, to you guys on that one. Are you doing any of the upcoming conferences like uh, the Merchant Risk Council? I know it's kind of more uh, payments and fraud, not as much like authentication or like uh, even like the Merchant Advisory Group. I'm going to that one in Dallas uh, in about a month. So yeah, any of those? You guys come yeah, stateside anytime? Uh, yeah, we will. Uh, so Identityverse could be a, a big one in Las Vegas this year. Uh, and we'll be back in SoCal, uh, back in Carlsbad in, in October. So I uh, will definitely hit you up with some Yeah, I'll make sure I, I will make it this time. I will carve out the time no matter what this time. <laughs> yeah. So um, as we wrap up here, let's talk about like, um, I know we've kind of touched on obviously like a lot of things, but like what are the top three trends just right now that are happening in in your guys' world outside of the past keys or maybe including the past keys or the future of past keys? Top three things you think? Yeah, so the big trend this year is we're seeing this talk of unfishable multi-factor authentication moving away from talk to folks actually doing it, right? So we've gone from, and, and there's a few, few things. One, consumers are asking for it and they go, hey, look, well, why are you still using SMS? Um, yeah. But the governments are pushing it too. So we're seeing uh, many governments now writing laws and policies that mandate, starting from government, to use unfishable multi-factor authentication. And um, coincidentally, so it, everything lined up to um, build on that momentum. So you, you'll see that see more websites about passkeys this year. Um, secondly, unfortunately, there are laggards in our, the global internet, and you will see more really bad at, you know, attacks that yeah. are targeting the session. So this is this is the kind of the checkmark conversation. Funny, yeah, if you, now can you trust someone just because you authenticate them the first time? Can you trust them the second time or the third time? Yeah, and, cookie hijacking, we're seeing that everywhere right now. Like, yeah, yeah cookie manipulation, like 100%, yep. So I don't want to pop the bubble, but I got to take it, you know, because I, I believe that as we get more awareness of these attacks, we can take mediation and corrective actions to address them and, and adopt new technologies. Um, and lastly, you know, I like to throw something else outside of, uh, of, of that, what directly in what we do, but there is, there is the impact of Gen AI. Um, I, I was able to build a model of myself through and make me a, a real life looking avatar with my voice and I could launch a, an attack on my own, you know, uh, to, to convince people that I'm trying to do something really? in a band or trying to get new credentials. 
And that took me five minutes and a swap yeah. of my credit card. And I, I was able to generate this avatar version of me that looked really convincing. So you're going to see, you know, good things that come out of, of that, of the gen AI space. But I tell you what, you know, these, these bad cyber criminals, they're, they're also onto it as well. They're, 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 they're going to jump on that bandwagon. Do you, do you guys, um, there's a show that just came out on Hulu over here and FX. Um, it's called a murder at the end of the world. Uh, and it's kind of a murder mystery whodunit type thing. I don't know if you guys have that over there yet, but, uh, no. you should find it if you do, but there's the, the main, one of the main central things is there's an AI and like they're, they're out in this hotel in the middle of like Siberia and there's this AI that like does all the nice stuff for them. You know, it's just like, as we would think of like our Google assistant, our Siri, let's not, let's be crazy. Siri sucks. But like the, one of the girls in the show like the, the, the AI is bound just like, like a sleep wake word, you know, where like voice recognition on your iPhone and it's bound to only take commands from the main guy, but she yes. uses her phone to do the same thing, a voice cloaking to, or cloning of the, of the guy to, to bypass that security and, and get it done. Uh, watch that show, everybody. It's, it's super interesting. It's kind of corny, but it's like super interesting and like, I enjoyed it. So, yeah. <laughs> but it's a, it's a view in, in if we just let, AI and Gen AI take over. There are unintended consequences if we don't design yeah. the right systems around it. You know, I feel yeah. like that's super crazy because like ChatGPT and all the Gen AI stuff, just like it hasn't been around a super long time, and businesses like they went all in on it so fast. Like they heard about it, and like the next week they were like, "How do we put this in here and fire our entire staff?" And I was like, "Geez, like I don't think I've ever could think of anything that like it, it was invented." And then adopted as fast as that. Now I use like chat GPT for like my, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. So right. Like I take the transcripts from these and I like upload them into a, a bigger summary thing. And then I have chat GPT, like write me a clean summary because like there's like, there's an hour of content in most of these episodes. And I want to make sure like chat GPT is really good at pulling out like the really important nuggets. And then I just rewrite some of it a little bit to make it a Jordan style. But like, it's been super helpful for me. And then also like, I'm not good at writing like those really like cheesy LinkedIn posts with like all the emojis. Nah. So anybody that ever sees me like with a, like a LinkedIn post that has like 15 emojis, chat GPT wrote that because I can't bring myself to do that myself. Like it's just, you're just giving away your secrets. Sure. <laughs> I, know. I know, but you know, we got to be honest. I, I believe in transparency. You see. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Excellent. thank you like for coming back today and doing a show about past keys. And I think that this was a really cool way that we could make it a, really accessible for people to understand like what pass keys really are and how they are impacting their daily life. I, like, I really encourage everybody that has like it's pass key curious, like I said, to just reach out to these guys and see what their offering is. It's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty easy. Uh, like I think it's, it's the easiest way that I know about to get into pass keys without having to, to develop your own thing. Like call these guys, plug in a pass key thing, see a demo, see a demo on your own site. I think it's really worth it. So yeah. Any closing words? No, thanks Jordan. Uh, let, let, let's take over the world with pass keys. I think uh, that's my closing word. <laughs> let's absolutely do it. Thanks again for coming and everybody we'll see you in two weeks. Thanks for listening to the show today. Again, I want to thank Sardine for making it all possible. Please visit them at booth 210 at the upcoming MRC to learn what all the hype is about from the fraud squad themselves. 
You can also visit one of the Fraud Squad events in Palm Springs, Charlotte, or San Francisco. To learn more about those, please visit www.sardine.ai or join their newsletter. Remember, from KYC to onboarding fraud and payment fraud with over 4,000 signals like device, telco, email, and AML monitoring, they ship new features every week and they are exactly who you need in your corner in your ongoing fight against fraud. Like I said at the top of the show, you're not buying just one of the best fraud tools, but the whole fraud squad behind it. Please visit www.sardine.ai today to learn more. We'll see you in a couple of weeks.